Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of our new podcast, Talking Tabletop. This week, we sat down with Tanya and Constance from the innovative Norwegian company, Odd Standard. We're here in Norway with Constance and Tanya from Odd Standard, and uh, I couldn't be happier to be here in Norway uh, because it really gives uh, me a better insight into what is going on at Odd Standard and a little bit uh, of where the the ethos or the philosophy of, of the Odd Standard brand comes from. And rather than have me describe it, I'm going to ask uh, the two founding partners, Tanya and, Chris and uh, Constance, to, uh, to tell me a little bit about what Odd Standard is and who Odd Standard is. We're a, we're a small, very, very small... Uh, tableware, restaurant tableware company, a little more than three years old today. Um, we, the two founders, have more experience than those three years from the business, but we started on standard to do more experimental things, to test out new things, work in many different materials. Yes, and I think that we actually are, uh, today we are making things that are products that are making one restaurant different from the other restaurant. It's like, it's not that much about one plate or one cup or a branch to put something on or whatever. It's, it's more like how you, you make sure that your guests remember you and how you make sure that you re- your, your guests get a, a feeling, like the feeling we have for some of the products we are making. We also want to be the, the, the end user of the products to to feel something, to experience something. How, how do you think others, would, people that know you, how do you think they would describe you? In this, would they describe you in, the same, in a similar way? Um, I think they describe us in something, some, like that we are making things that are a bit experimental, that they can walk, that they can work together with us to make sure that they have something that they can use. They are, uh, they think they, it's interesting what we're looking, uh, what we're doing, and also they think they consider us to be like fixers, fixers for things like oh, we need we need to get this atmosphere, we need to get this feeling, we need to give our guests this feeling. How do we do that? Let's ask uh, Odstander, which is very nice, which is where we wanted to be. We wanted to be the one come to people, the one that you go and ask, could you help us with solving this? Not problem, but this um, solving what we need to be uh, to get solved. Someone. Yeah, I think we, we work together with the restaurants and chefs on creating creating the experience that they want to give their guests. Uh, but maybe they are not able to create that or define that on their own, so they need maybe our help to do it. But it's always their starting point. Um, and I hope and I think that people see us as someone who does things differently from others. What part of your products that go out of here to your customers and to your restaurant tables, what part of that product is the fun, you know, where is the fun in those products uh, for the, both the chef and the guests in their restaurant? I think because they're a little bit different, because they have some kind of strangeness with them, mm-hmm. I think they are making the, the chef first think 
Like, oh, how can I use this? This has a very strange color. Oh, is it supposed to be in stone? Or uh, how do I use this thing with, uh, when, when it's like, it's wooden, it's, uh, but it's not standing straight or whatever. Uh, so I think they can tell in the products. I don't know exactly how in every product, but I still think they can tell that we had fun with doing them making them and designing them so i think that this is somehow influencing them how they are using it and i hope that they get inspired from them i think some of our products are like they they give the guests and a more obviously funny experience like mm -hmm. the the branch we have uh the juniper, the juniper branch mm -hmm. that's it's a sort of there's something obvious about it. And also the Hold Me product, this porcelain cone that you mm -hmm. have to hold. Yeah. It's like an ice cream, porcelain ice cream cream cone. Uh, we also once tried to make a, a plate out of till, like a fabric, like the one you use in wedding dresses. There's something sort of obviously fun uh, about those products. Well, many, many other products, and it should be that way, throughout a meal, you should have some of those fun things, but you should have many products that are just there and they're just nice and they're just built up uh, under the experience but they're not so much fun in themselves i i think that uh, when you had when you bring up hold me you were using a, a term i think from an old mel carter song uh hold me kiss me yeah never yes. let me go <laughs> yeah. that, i think that that to me when i saw that mm -hmm. that I, I can remember I don't know whether it was a, a social media post or what, but it was it made me chuckle. Mm. It made me it, and it sort of brought the product from this serious mm. Michelin starred mm. product mm. to just something simple and fun and, mm. and whimsical. Mm. Yeah. And easy, mm. I would say. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I think one of our, our an important thought when we started uh, on standard, I remember uh, we we from, from very early on, we decided that our products should have fun names. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that might come from, uh, we've, we've been in the industry for many years and, and uh, perhaps seen a bit uh, too much seriousness when it comes to, to how you communicate the products. And, and we thought, well, let's, let's at least make it something to, to laugh about. I remember we had a plan that all our product names would come from songs, mm. from song titles oh, or song lyrics. Yeah, we didn't do that after all because it ended up being too long and too complicated, but we've, we've tried to stick with that. They all have, they all have a name that's uh, that's at least somewhat fun. We've succeeded more on some things than on others. Sure. I think "Hold Me" I think is a funny, it's a good name. Um, Starstruck. Starstruck. Yeah, I like that name very much. That's the disposable plate. Yeah, some of them are more, not so that they're okay, but not so mm. funny. But, but that's at least it's a it's a goal. And mm. like you say, using that in I think it was a newsletter. That's also trying to bring a bit of fun into how, mm -hmm. we, how we communicate. So Odd Standard doesn't take itself too seriously is the point? No, definitely not. Some days, <laughs> some days we do, but right. mostly not. What, um, it, it, one thing that I know in, in the time that I've known you both is you both trust each other implicitly. Uh, but you're both very different people. Mm. When did you both know that this is a partnership that can go and can really make it? Was there one single moment or is it a culmination of lots of working together or was there a walking down the street moment when you said, hey, what about, why don't we just do this? Was there ever that one moment that you remember? You know, our relationship started out as friendship, actually. So it was, uh, it wasn't 
Congress, uh, 400 people, 397 men, three women. Uh, <laughs> and the last one looked quite boring. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. So we didn't, we didn't bother to talk to her, but that, that was the first time we met and yeah. we got to know each other. Yeah. So we were friends for a few years and then we started working together. Uh, so it was more of a gradual thing. And yeah. But yes. I still remember that when we really made the decision, let's let's start a company. Let's let's stop being employed in uh, like a bigger manufacturer and let's start the company. We were on an airplane uh, going back from a fair. Uh, it was really it was this feeling like we were you know when you feel like okay, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. This is going to be. We are going to do something we really like to do. It's going to be hard. We knew it was mm -hmm. going to be hard, but we were still being so um, relieved by making this decision uh, that we were giggling. It's really the, like we must be really annoying for the people around us there, <laughs> because we were really getting this kind of you know laughter when you can't really stop. It was like, hey, this is going to be fun. But how we knew that we could work together, I think this is kind of slowly developed because we've been working together for four years before we uh, um, uh, started our standard and it was not the easiest four years it wasn't like we were working very close we had to trust each other in as a designer we we both believe in being not the easiest professionally no it's a, like it's a lot of ego it's a lot of uh, killing your darlings or babies or whatever it's called it's it's a lot about being honest and say like this is not good enough or we need to change this and so on. And you can either tiptoe around it or you can go straight into this kind of saying like yes, yes, no, we have to change it. And we were really like, we were getting used to this kind of quite um, uh, direct way of talking to each other about our own designs. Not tiptoeing around the words. No, not at all, yeah. not at all. And not being like looking from the outside and maybe listening to each other if it, somebody had made a record of the, what we talked about it would have been quite hard because mm -hmm. we were really like okay this needs to be changed uh, or whatever did you think about that how could you imagine this being able to be done or whatever so we were really yeah we were really like so you developed thick skins uh, yeah, in a yeah certain way. I, th I think it's specifically and one honestly, project the last mm -hmm. project we did in our, our former jobs it was a, a tough project that had to a lot of things had to be changed in production to make the, the project go through uh, a lot of products uh, and we sort of we, we did that project together 100 percent um, and that was uh, I think a proof for us that working together in the way that we did gave very very good results it was uh, sometimes tough but uh, but the results were worth it. Sort of, a, uh, I was believing kindred spirits finding one another, and it took a while, maybe in both your mm -hmm. careers. But at some point along the way, you both found each other, and it found out that you're both of similar thinking, similar mm -hmm. mind, and now. Yeah, similar, similar. I'm not sure if you are so similar, actually, because I think that mm -hmm. we used to we we make fun of it today because. We used to be scared of different things. When you start a company, you're always mm -hmm. scared of something sure. a little bit. So, so I used to be scared of being too commercial. <laughs> and Tony used to be scared of... Maybe not being commercial enough. Yeah. So we used to have, like, like we have these three years without standard, we have kind of built 
and even um, greater understanding for the qualities that we have. Different, but still uh, equally important, I think. Like, I know something that Tonya doesn't, and Tonya knows a lot that I don't. And we have realized that we don't need to learn everything. We, together we are we are good, but we don't need to be 100% of everything. Mm -hmm. We don't have to be. We don't have to be the same person. No, we don't have to be uh, the same person twice. No, like, like, no. And better that you're not. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but More I think at the same time, I think uh, I think this goes both ways. Mm. Uh, but I I think I've learned so much from working with Constanza, uh, and uh, and changed uh, the way I see a lot of things. Mm. I'm not that scared of being commercial anymore. <laughs> You're not? You're no, right. I think actually you have to sell something sometimes. Yeah. Yes, and get paid for it too. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we've sort of approached uh, each other a bit. Yeah. Um, but you do realize that in this business, uh, from at least my perspective, that design is primarily a singular kind of thing. And if there are others involved, it's still driven by a singular voice. The design, mm -hmm. the, the the style, the the production, the um, the overall project is still driven by a voice with other people more supporting that singular voice, and in your case, the voices seem pretty equal, in Alex Sanders' case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that to me is unusual. I think that, like me personally, I like working in team. I mm -hmm. like working together with people. I like exchanging ideas with people. I don't. I never. I didn't start with design or studying design and so on to kind of um, show the world what I can do. Me personally, I did it because I thought it was fun to do, and I liked it. And I liked that I, by small, small things, could change things. I can mm -hmm. change how things were looked upon and so on. But I like the most to do that together with other people. To to do that as part, sure. yeah. Uh, and I don't know about you, Tonya. The... No, I think I like to do it alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Constance was saying when you left the room. She was I saying very, something very similar to that. No, probably maybe my way of working has changed. Uh, maybe you've done more than yours, but I think uh, I think we have we very rarely disagree on whether something looks right or not. We don't, we don't say often if it looks nice, we say it looks right. Mm -hmm. I think we, we, all, we mm -hmm. always end up agreeing on mm -hmm. that. Uh, and I think we have a way of developing things and designing things that is now, between us, extremely open. Uh, and because we know each other so well, we can just uh, we can show something very unfinished and both of us will know what it can become and see the same thing in it. Sort of a shorthand. Mm -hmm. Meaning... If you start the sentence, maybe Constance could finish it in yes. a certain way. In she way. understands the shorthand of the, yes. the conversation. It's not a lot of dialogue and mm -hmm. certainly not a lot of uh, flowery, mm -hmm. very no. blunt, as, as Constance said earlier. And, very and I don't think that I know, I couldn't say that I have done this or Antonia have done that in Otsana. It's not that we have uh, certain products or designs that we, I feel like it's only mine. I don't know. I don't know where my design stopped and Tony begins and so Was there ever a time in the early days when you <clears throat> weren't certain it was going to work out? And the second part of that question is if there were, if there was that, okay, we made this emotional mm. commitment to, to do work together, mm. uh, but now let's see how it goes. 
was there one or two things that ever came along that said, yeah, I'm really, I, this happened today and this tells me that really what we did uh, when we made the decision on the airplane mm -hmm. to, to do this, mm -hmm. it really is the right thing. Was there ever that day? Or you just knew it from the beginning? I think I knew it and then I, like, you have that bad moment sometimes when you when you disagree on something and you, if it's already not the best day or the best best week, I would go like, oh my god, how how did I start this business with her? Could this work? <laughs> I would, I would. What? What? <laughs> but then, then again, that was would be my doubt for half an hour or so, and then sure. I would be like, but how can I how can I do? It? It's like in your head you can test. Could you do it alone? No, couldn't do it alone. I would never have started outside of it with anybody else. Than were there signals along the way that you got that said that this absolutely was the right decision? Because it appears to me like mm -hmm. it, it's an incredible um, sort of life-changing moment where you two decide to partner in an industry that doesn't have a lot of the, these types mm -hmm. of partnerships mm -hmm. and t typically are ego-driven. There doesn't seem to be any ego-driven mm -hmm. here. And, but I, I guess what I was looking for, was there ever any, and maybe there isn't, but uh, was there ever a, wow, that was really the, I can see today, because of this happening, I can see today that there was really the right, right decision to I would say not up. really, but at the same time, in a way, every time we have done things that uh, have, one, gone well, but also maybe surprised both of us in mm -hmm. a way, I would say that is such a signal. Mm -hmm. And perhaps if if uh, we should talk about one specific thing, just five weeks after we started the company, uh, something like that, we were at this uh, test dinner at a restaurant in Bergen in Norway, and we brought with us uh, nine different pro prototypes, 20 of each, that were going to be tested at this test dinner. It had all been developed quite hastily, um, so it was really a first test of those things. And seeing, seeing the response we got on those things and how, how we also had sort of surprised ourselves by some of the things we had made, I think that's one, that's one of the kind of moments yep. you're, you're looking for. So when you, when you walked out the door that night, you went like, okay, we're on the right track. Yes. This is really a yeah. good thing. Yeah, yeah we, were, we were surprised at the, at the reactions we got from the chefs, from mm -hmm. the the other guests from uh, like the comments we got and I like I could sit there the whole evening and go like yeah we actually made those oh we made that as well we were a little bit like surprised but still I have a little bit of that feeling sometimes when we go into meetings or uh, when it, somebody is visiting us and we are a little bit like you know you don't know exactly how this is going to go you're not the right exactly scared, but you're a little bit nervous about it. Mm -hmm. And then when the meeting is over or the people are leaving or so, and we have the feeling, we have exactly the same feeling both. It's like, hey, this went actually very well. And we said, you said that, and I, I had forgotten about that, and I said that, and we, some, we realized that during this meeting we had had a, this kind of a synergy mm -hmm. or it was like right. we just knew that it was very good to be the two of us and that we were different was helping the whole thing to come together and that we actually was building like building mm. each other up yeah yeah and mm -hmm. we knew that this well, i have I, sometimes from the meeting i go wow this was a good meeting i think starting a company like you have and doing something so 
remotely I mean, it's just different than has been done before is hard. You run the risk of failure. Mm-hmm. You run the risk of being judged. Mm-hmm. You run the risk of all these things happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's important early on that you seek, you get positive signals back. Mm-hmm. And because <clears throat> in my own case, you, you, need, you need encouragement to continue mm-hmm. on. Because sometimes you're not, I mean, listen, anybody who's ever started a company, there's no guarantee that yeah. just because you start a company, you're going to be successful mm-hmm. or welcomed in any way. Mm-hmm. And obviously you have been successful and you have been very welcomed. And I, I, that's why I, I, I'm curious to see where those examples might have come and mm-hmm. how that sort of came together. And Because usually you can remember two or three things mm-hmm. in, in the early going. I think also for, for us, it, it was never a question of let's see how this goes. Once we had decided that this is something we're going to do, we're going to start this business, uh, we were in for a long long term. Because we knew that it was going to take time mm-hmm. to, to get this working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think many over the years now since we started up, we've met other startup uh, companies, people who do things, uh, and, and some of them are more go one step at a time and see how it goes, and then some of them, of course, give up. I think we, we've been lucky because we've had positive feedback all the way, but I think we also have the strength to, to stay there, even if that doesn't come as fast as we want. Yeah, but there, there's the philosophical side of strength. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to be judged negatively by people that I've in, in my industry or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the, the business side of it too. Mm-hmm. There's always that balance between the creati- creative side, maybe mm-hmm. in the commercial mm-hmm. side. And without getting into the commercial side of it, because that's really not what I, the focus of, of this podcast, but really, it's uh, to, to have positive signs early on that even if you're not successful from day one, if commercially successful, that you will be mm-hmm. and that you are clearly, as I said earlier, on the right track, yeah. customer mm-hmm. acceptance, people acknowledging mm-hmm. your skills, mm-hmm. your creativity. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I think all startups, whether you're in mm-hmm. this business or the tech business or whatever, you, we all need that positive reinforcement at some point, particularly early on, it's helpful. I think the most important for us then was that actually the people that we were going to sell to, the, like the, well, the, the people that were going to use the products, gave us the positive feedback. Yeah. Because it didn't help if friends come by or some people yeah. asked us if they, like, could they sell our products in this and this shop? And we were like, this was not going to be our business. So it didn't help. Whatever they said, they could, like, call them stand in our office and applause and we would still go it's nice when your parents approve of you yeah, but, yeah, but, but you need a few more people really yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true that's true and I think uh, many many of our friends they didn't understand what we were doing because we're not in the world of tabletop right you don't necessarily know that what the hell are you doing yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they thought a lot of people I think thought it was very strange to start a business only focusing on tableware for restaurants mm. uh, in from our little small town of Stavanger mm. and we were contacted by shops who wanted to sell our products and we said no um, and people of course thought that was strange too but mm. the positive feedback that we got from the the restaurants and the chefs was worth a lot. In my experience uh, with dealing with people that do startups the, the things that you do that are counterintuitive are often the things that really define you. Yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of defining, I won't call them disasters, 
But what are the best? Lear- what was one of the best learning experiences that you might have had early on? That sort of said, "Oh, that didn't go." Because you talk about all the, the positive stuff, but was there ever uh, an, an event or a, a situation where it was? Let's leave it at a great learning experience. <laughs> I think it's many of those. <laughs> yeah, too many. Okay. It's like I remember we. Um, this was another test dinner. We were. This, we had designed a, a plate from a. Has a nice idea. It looked nice, but it was really a horrible thing to make. And we we're like, okay, we need to this. We don't. We don't need to to uh, do that again. Um, so that's just a design, production, technical thing. But and the other thing that we also think that we have learned a lot from, which was that we wanted to have um, use some small rounds. Oh, the the round wooden bowl that we have. It's very tricky. We thought it would be good to do it as close to home or as close to the office as possible. So we started out by talking to somebody and then somebody else a little bit further away and then even a little bit further away. And it took us one and a half year to get find a, the right production for this little wooden bowl. And I think we were close to just giving up. We had like language problems. We had like language problems in Norway because of dialect, strangely enough. Uh, we had language problems a little bit further away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you remember that? Yeah. It's like, I was, we used all our contacts that we, if anybody said to us that they knew about some small wood workshop, we would go like, yeah, let's get the name. I think that, that's, a, that's a learning experience. And then we have like, uh, we done some bad designs, like some the designs that we thought this we could have done a little bit mm-hmm. clever. Like, I don't, I'm sure I want to, to talk about those because they are still in collection. <laughs> those are the, le- the learning experiences. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah we're, we're constantly learning. Yeah. So, and also we, we constantly analyze the things yeah. we have done mm-hmm. and find out how we should have done them differently today. Mm. That's, that's the way it is. Mm. Three years down the road, is there a single mantra that you have that runs through the daily activities that kind of keeps you focused, something, one singular thought process that, that runs through everything you do? I think me personally, I don't want to do anything that I don't think is either different from the rest, <laughs> or at least if it's not, if it's just beautiful or just nice or just like we talked about earlier, right, but maybe not that is different. It should at least be fun to make it. It should be, I don't want to do or launch products just because somebody asked me to, can you do this in a second size or can you do that or you can do that or can you do that? I want to have, I want to make products that I, I like. I like designing, I like producing or I like how they are looking at the table or in front of the guest afterwards. I don't want to do things just because somebody asked me to do them. I, I, I want to, to make the decision myself, actually. It sounds a little bit like you are ignoring the market, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about actually uh, choosing the right things to do, choosing, choosing to, um, to spend your time at work in the right way. Because that's, if I believe in it, maybe it can change. If I don't believe in it, it's not going to be good, well, uh, well done anyway. Yeah, no, I think I agree with that. It has to be either fascinating 
product-wise or production-wise, mm. or hopefully both? We have widened our perspective on tableware a lot. Mm. In the beginning, after so many years within the industry, we were so much into this repetitive, uh, perfect product. Even though we knew we were going to do things differently, we still were so stuck in this thinking like, okay, that's how it's supposed to be, and that is a failure. That's how it's supposed to be, and that's at least second choice or so. Now we are much more into like, okay, that's not how it's supposed to look like, but let's see, maybe it's more interesting how it's looking. And also we have a lot of samples in our office and so on, and it's very interesting to see how chefs come into our office and look at oh, what we until then had called failures, and they would go like, oh, this is perfect. I need this. And we go, okay. And we like, in the beginning we say, no, 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 that's a failure. And now we are more like, well, let's look at this in a, with a little bit different eyes. Maybe that's exactly how it's supposed to be. I don't mean that it's, it's not, it's randomly or without thought what we are doing, but we are just much more open to variety and um, the interesting accidents. Yeah, the interesting accidents, yeah. I like that. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think we used to be, as probably many, many designers are when you work in proper jobs, <laughs> you don't want to do the things that come too easily because it feels mm-hmm. a little bit like cheating. Mm-hmm. So now we're, we're more open to the, the things that just happen by chance. But it's maybe, maybe what is design and development really? Is it, it might be just picking out the right random things. We've mm. talked a little bit before we started about uh, dinnerware designer and industrial designer Eva Zeisel. Uh, she described the work that she does as the playful search for beauty. How would you describe what you all are doing at Odd Standard? I, th- I think if I could go with almost the same, but still I would say like, playful search for for uh, strangeness and beauty because sometimes some of the things that we do we want it to just look beautiful because everybody likes to look at something beautiful or maybe maybe I could call it like a playful search for for feelings because you want to evoke mm. feelings and some I don't want to be scared and scare people I don't want them to feel like feel the wrong thing but Sometimes beauty is boring, and sometimes you need you need this kind of strangeness to it. You need something that's trigger your eyes, something that feels like, oh, is that how it's supposed to be? Something that makes you remember things. So maybe it's just this kind of playful search for that. The, yeah, this kind of maybe a, a playful search for fascination. Mm. Because beauty hasn't interested us so much the past years. Uh, and sometimes some of the things we find most fascinating, like you said, they, they were mistakes at first or we didn't like them at first, mm-hmm. but then you have, to, you have to get used to them. And once you get used to them, they are much more interesting than the things you immediately thought were nice. Mm-hmm. Eva Zeisel uses the word a lot in describing her work also, mm-hmm. that she wants to delight mm-hmm. people. No. Now, she was designing more for the home than for mm-hmm. restaurants. Mm-hmm. But I suspect that that's part of the, the DNA in the Odd Standard product mm. line, is to delight the guest who's dining with her. Maybe even delight the chef. Mm. I would rather intrigue them. And I think also a thing we haven't talked about, but which is very important to us, is that our products are 
in a way, nothing on their own. It's the product we make together with the food that the chef makes that makes it interesting. And this happens again and again with us. We, of course, we make something and we think, wow, that's fascinating, or it's beautiful, beautiful. or it's it delights me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are, of course, fascinated by the things we make in themselves also. But uh, time and time again, we get this... Uh, we suddenly see a picture of something we made used in a very, very nice way in a restaurant. Uh, and that, that's just so much more interesting mm -hmm. than the product in itself. And that's, that was our thought when we started as well. The, the, the collaboration with us and the chef, those two things together, gives a result that's stronger than the two parts. We've talked earlier about also about the need today to connect and why people use food to connect mm. emotionally. Mm. And I suspect that the products that you have, particularly the odd part mm. of the odd standard, are, are driven to to accelerate that connection. Mm. Juniper, mm -hmm. a pretty dramatic mm -hmm. piece mm -hmm. set there, but you're right. Mm -hmm. With the food, mm -hmm. uh, it needs the food. By itself, it doesn't mm -hmm. do it. The two combined, juniper with the food that the chef uh, may uh, apply to or present with juniper, or, or rocky, or mm -hmm. any of the mm -hmm. pieces, um, helps accelerate that emotional connection. Mm. To, to sort of surprise and mm. intrigue and delight, mm. all those, mm. those uh, crazy words mm. for the guest. Mm. And it is about, mm. oftentimes, about the guest mm. dining experience. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's overused, yeah, but yeah, that, that's yeah, true. And yeah. I think your products go a long way to do mm. that. We, we, for example, the dentro, which looks like a small vase, actually. Mm -hmm. It looks like a, a vase for one flower. Um, but we made it as a reaction to these beautiful plates with the beautiful kind of composed food almost the art of plating mm -hmm. it's like we were like okay everything is like flat and the it's like a canvas yeah. and so on mm -hmm. we wanted to make something hidden we wanted to make something that you have to trust the chef you don't you can't see what you are going to eat you have to trust him or her i think the product itself is is looking nice but nothing more than nice, until you get it being used in a different way. But in, in, like being asked to drink from it instead of instead of thinking that oh should I put up flower? But that it? issue of trust is mm. it, it, that's an interesting mm. perspective because you are trusting because mm. you, you might not know what's mm. coming out. No, 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 you don't. You can don't maybe worry. feel if it's cold or, or warm, mm -hmm. but you can't really you can't see it. You can't. Uh, you you really have to trust. And I think that a lot of the like the restaurant guests that are going to these kind of ambitious restaurants and so on, they they do it because they like to. It's like 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 a sport in itself. It's like they want to they they want to be challenged. They expected to be challenged. Mm -hmm. It's not like when my parents go out for dinner. They want to eat something very nice that they don't want to spend time on making at home. But, but these 25 old uh, couple that go out and want to, to experience something that they have never experienced before, they trust the chef. They trust that, oh, I'm going to eat the nose of the pig. Yeah, it doesn't sound that good, but maybe it's good. Like this, or I, I don't understand what kind of um, ingredients I used here, but I still, I, I, I trust them and I... 
uh, challenge myself to eat this. Mm -hmm. And that's something I, I find very interesting when, when we are making products that are going to go together with this kind of food. It's like you get much like your, your starting point is so much wider. It can be so much more than if you just go out and like, oh, I'm going to make a new service line. It's going to be 24 pieces. We will have a five different kind of plates and then we will have two bowls, one cereal bowl and one salad bowl and two cups, stackable of course. Uh, I mean like now we are going to do like, like, let's surprise, let's challenge, let's have fun, let's inspire the chef to do something he or she didn't expect to do. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's why we are in this and not into retail. That's why we are doing the tableware for restaurants and not things, uh, not Things that are going to sit beautiful on the table at home. Yeah, and I think uh, when we when we succeed, we have a few times succeeded with that. Like with the juniper, the bush, mm. we have made something based on a very strange idea we had. Mm. Uh, we have doubted whether it was going to work, whether anyone was going to find use for it. We've been we've been embarrassed by what we've made, but then it's worked. Mm. Then they find many different uses for it, and it really really works. And I think. Doing those things, when we get to test our weirdest ideas that we think very few people would really be interested mm. in this, and they actually work in use in a restaurant with a chef, when you find the right person who wants to do something in the right way for that sure. right thing, then you need that's, the right, that's super fascinating. You, mm. you need the right partner in crime you do. To, do, to, yeah. to think like you mm. and to try something mm. a little bit mm. out beyond uh, yeah. the norm. But then again, we sometimes we have the reaction ourselves. It's like, okay, I just want nice food on a nice plate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's there needs those to be. Times uh, yeah. Sure. It, That's mean, the standard part of our standard. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think we need both. Yeah, because sure. in a way, I can think we lately we've just made plates and they're nice. But what's fascinating about that? But then you can make bushes every day <laughs> because it would just be silly. Yeah. It brings me to the next question. What are the most, what's the most exciting stuff? Because you guys have lots of exciting things. But what's the most exciting thing that you're working on now? We are working on so many things at the same time that I think it's many, many, many small interesting items that we're doing. We don't, and sometimes we don't realize that we're doing interesting things before they are out mm -hmm. in the restaurant. We go like, hey, this is actually quite nice. So... I'm not sure if I can pick out any of like one particular uh, project or so. No, and I think to be honest, we're we're so uh, focused on the things we actually end up making that our honest answer would always be that little piece of clay that's standing out there in the workshop <laughs> that might become a base for a porcelain cone. We're very excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> and we are, yeah. Or that very, very coarse clay. And we have thought about what we're going to do with that. That's exciting. Mm. We find a lot of, of joy and excitement from seeing what we're able to do. Ah, and then in two weeks' time, we are going to into a glass studio to learn about glass and to, to do a prototype for, for some glass items. And we, now it's like, yeah. Two weeks, ten days to be to be go there, and and we have no idea what we're doing. So that's of course going to take a big, little, bit, tiny bit of focus. We hope. Encourage. Yeah, but that's we. It's going to be fun. We don't know that much about glass, so that's going to be interesting and nice. 
Yeah. But don't you think that some of the of the best moments are when we surprise ourselves? And that's why the glass thing is interesting because we just because we don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's like like all when you like when you started mixing like say six, seven different kind of clays, which I have from day one of said it's not possible to mix them. You can't mix them. You go like I try anyway. Try. I, listened <laughs> I listened to her for two years, and then I said, "No, I'll just try it. Yeah. I'm sure it's possible. It was possible. Yeah, it was kind of nice. It was very nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's the partnership, the trust. I think that we are, we have the possibility. Like we we are able to push each other, and also it's kind of being two people to run." One, to be in charge of things. You can also kind of say, like, let's just leave it for a while now. Let's, uh, this needs to kind of mature. Which is difficult when you are on your own, because then it's difficult to, to um, kind of relax. I think, I at least, I think I need somebody to tell me sometimes, okay, this we do in two weeks' time, or this we do next half year. or So I need somebody... To, to kind of say, like, we make a plan for this, we make a time schedule for it. And I think we both have learned a lot about that some ideas need to mature and some ideas need to be acted on quickly. Because, uh, so it's like, and the very good ones don't go away anyway. They, they stay, some of them back. stay. Yeah. Odd Standard is a small company right now. Does it need to grow? If, if Odd Standard needs to grow in size, does that change the company at all? it doesn't need to grow but that doesn't mean it's not going to grow but if it grows it's because we want it to grow and it might need to grow a little bit because within a big a certain size you can still have we can still have even more flexibility we can still have the possibility to do even more of the good stuff and less of the not so mm -hmm. interesting stuff so I think it would be good to grow a little bit but I'm sure that we should we should think about if, if growth just just because everybody says oh you need, you to, need to be big you need to be big doesn't interest me uh, at all it's like I like uh, I think it's more important that we keep our identity than if we are big enough and I think that some of our customers they like working with us because it's us mm -hmm. and it's because we are not that big we are not we are not selling sending somebody else to to do uh, to do research for us or, so we are we are doing it ourselves we are doing it it's like I mean one of the amazing things to me about odd mm -hmm. standard is to see how intimately involved both of you mm -hmm. are in the creation of the products uh, from mm -hmm. just thinking them through and creating them and having the concept to actually making the products mm. to the kilns, mm. you know, to glazing. Mm. I mean, you, you're not only <clears throat> involved in the concept work, but you're immersed in, the, in every piece, it seems like, to, to a level that when you ship something or, or bring something to a customer, that's a piece of you going mm. there. Mm. And so I suspect to that, to your point, Constance, is that Customers want a little piece of odd standard mm -hmm. 
with them too. Mm -hmm. And they know that when they deal with you, they're dealing with you, mm -hmm. not some agent who's many levels removed. Mm -hmm. And they're actually communicating. And I don't, and as you scale and get bigger, mm -hmm. that gets harder and harder to do, uh, that intimacy, particularly with customers. Mm -hmm. Certainly with the products, you can be very intimate. We should, though. I'm sure it's possible to find a way to grow a little bit without losing this. Mm -hmm. uh, we are not sure how to make it to do it yet, um, because we like it's the easiest thing is actually to to get more people to to take part in like part of the production, which we have we have like some to help us with that. But still, it's not our main interest to go around selling plates like that. So we we like. To just take orders, like on things that we already developed, it's not that interesting. So, we, so if we could keep the connection and the cooperation and the talks and the interesting uh, things that we do when we go into restaurants, talking with the people, especially just before service start, it's very interesting to see how they're working and what they are thinking and so on, because they're so focused on what they're going to do that evening but still being able to think, what do I want to do next week or next month or next year? I think there's people that like sales much more than me. I, I, I like develop things, I like to make things, I like to to talk about things, to just to make like, or take orders. Like, like, like See, I, th I think there wasn't long ago that startup companies of all types worked very hard to prove their, that they were big companies. Mm. They were legitimate big companies. Now you see comp big companies trying very hard yeah. to be small, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to ha and to be intimate, yeah. Yeah. and you are you have yeah. that, right? Yeah. And, and, yeah. I, and I, I just think it's a different way of, of viewing things now, right? I think until now, it's uh, uh, everything's been very integrated. So uh, sales uh, selling is also developing at the same time, mm. uh, and <laughs> it's been sort of hard to for us to see that we can have someone else do parts of that and parts of that. Because it's it all happens sort of at the same time, so that's a, it's an interesting question for us how how this will develop in the future. Can you describe who would be describe the perfect client for Odd Standard? Who is the perfect type of a client? Oh, I don't know. Is that a groan of? Uh, 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 no, I think that there's so many different. Yeah, I there's so many. And I think that's it's an interesting question because uh, I think the answer characterizes us a bit because we we like to work with so many different uh, types okay. of customers. We like to work with that very, very, very small restaurant, but we also would like to work with a big hotel. Mm. Uh, and we also work with, say, large manufacturers mm. uh, as designers. And I think we like the different mechanisms uh, of the different types of business. Yeah, I, I like discuss the restaurant and the restaurant layout and how they are going to serve food and so on with a place that has 250 seats and I like to discuss the same things with a place that has eight seats and I and yeah. I like even though the the what they ask for is a bit different sometimes it's kind of overlapping but most of the time it's quite different mm -hmm. and I like to do both of it and I like and I also I would love to do some barware or I would love to do uh, Something that we've done, not done anything of yet. Like I wanted to get integrated. What if like plates were integrated in the furniture? Then I need to be a furniture maker. Would love to be that. So I don't know. This is like the perfect plate. Yeah, but I think anyway. the, the 
what's it called, the common denominator mm -hmm. for for all those uh, perfect clients is uh, people who uh, trust us, mm. uh, who give us, uh, who who's, uh, trust our knowledge and uh, the decisions that we make, so that they give us enough freedom, because I think then we do a better job. Do you find that clients sometimes don't know what they want? Yes, and we don't mind. I don't think we, as persons, really love people that has to double check and triple check what we're doing. Like, do you know how to do this? Are you sure you're making a plate? Are you, this is not, we are not that good being this, to be, be um, looked over the shoulder in everything. We don't like to be told what to do, that's why we started our own <laughs> business, to mm. be honest. <laughs> but, uh, no, I think, I think uh, for instance, we have a, a like we talked about earlier, we have a, a restaurant now working with us and they, they want all the tableware from us. And they, of course, they tell us a little bit about the styles they like, the, what the restaurant is going to look like, the colors. Like we, we, we try to understand their style, but then uh, a lot of the decisions are up to us. That's the same. And then they just say, go away and do it. Come back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. sure. And that's they it. trust you. They trust us. And then that makes us able to do a better job. But then I wouldn't like someone who, working with someone who doesn't know at all what they want, who, who's happy with anything. That's not what I mean. Mm -hmm. Because we like, we like demanding clients, but we like to be trusted and respected for the knowledge we have and mm -hmm. the, our ability to make good decisions based on, mm -hmm. on the input we get. Mm -hmm. How did you know this crazy pottery tabletop business was the right business. You both started off in other areas with other disciplines coming out of a college or university. How did you know that this was the right place to be? For me, it started out actually with like, through a bit of law studies, criminology, geography, uh, art, and then suddenly I, I uh, kind of discovered design, didn't know what it was. And in the school I went to, I had to choose like a main material and I wanted to choose glass, but you don't have that much about the glass education in Norway. So I was like, okay, do you want to move to Sweden? No, I don't want to move to Sweden. So I uh, ended up with clay. And then s almost by accident, I started to read about how, what, how, how important it is to touch things. And if you like things, you touch them. And uh, like this feeling of, of that you touch and eat from things were fascinating me a lot. Which is different from if you are designing something that people are looking at. Uh, but tableware is touched by hands and you put it to your mouth uh, while you're looking at it. It's, very, it's a lot of function, it's a lot of aesthetics and a lot of feeling into these kind of products. So I, um, and it's, it's something that people need. I mean, like, you can come a long way without uh, cutlery and plates and so on, but usually you will need a, little, a certain amount of it, especially in the restaurant. So it's like almost by, I wouldn't say it's completely by accident, but it's, it's not a very, very like uh, calculated plan or like, but then after a while working with retail products in, for retail, tableware for retail, I thought I was going to, I moved back to Norway and started for figure, working for Figo and thought it was going to be boring because I thought this professional part of the, the tableware the, like, was all about stacking 
and dishwasher. <laughs> and I realized oh, they're, they're very functional. Yeah, they're very functional. I was only I was thinking this is going to be boring. But then I realized that a restaurant or a chef is looking at products in a completely different way than I was used to that people buying for their private mm -hmm. home. Because they were like thinking that a plate needed to look nice on the table when uh, they uh, put the table, uh, like or set the table. Uh, maybe they were buying things with a lot of patterns on flowers on without thinking that they were going to serve uh, pasta sauce on it or whatever. It's, and then when I started talking with chefs and realized that they were planning the food to fit together with the plate and the opposite way around, they bought the plate because they needed it for certain dishes and so on. I found that so interesting. Tanya, you started out in a black by accident or...? <laughs> no, sort of. Uh, I, uh, when I moved to, to Stavanger, uh, I discovered Figu, I think, for the first time. And I, I've always wanted to work there. Don't really know why, but uh, but I, when I started working there, I found out that this was really something I enjoyed working with tableware, um, and and especially restaurant tableware. And I've always, ever since I think, maybe since I studied in uh, in Buenos Aires in Argentina, I've been very very fascinated by restaurants and uh, the concept of a good restaurant. It's it's a very holistic thing to make a good restaurant. Uh, where every element of it, mm. when it's done in the right way, it's such an, it's such an amazing experience. Uh, and I remember going into all these restaurants in, in Buenos Aires, this was in the around 2000. There were so many nice places uh, in Buenos Aires. Um, and yeah, ever since then I've been very, very interested in, in restaurants. So I, I think I sort of found a very, a very nice thing to do mm. that combines many interests. It's a product that's it's aesthetic and also has some there, there are some technical questions that we work with every day that I, was, I also find interesting. So yeah, I like it. It seems pretty obvious that you both are in the right place. The, the right and perhaps um, we all may find ourselves in quote unquote the right place in our in our lives at some point. But it really does seem like you both are, we're meant to be here, <laughs> right? Auden standard. Um, but I, we talked about earlier too, and, and that is <clears throat> the greatest times in people's lives are generally speaking around mm. a meal. Mm. And <clears throat> more and more those meals are happening away from home. They can happen in the home too. And, and, mm. and there's, but they're generally speaking, the greatest times in people's lives are, are, are food and drink with great family and friends. Mm. And uh, to play a role in that and, and, to, and to enhance and maybe elevate in surprise, mm -hmm. delight, mm -hmm. um, you know, that experience a little bit. I think Odd Standard does a great job of that. And Thank I think you. Uh, you. I think you, uh, you have something unique. And I think the things we're talking about, the emotional connection with food, I think really, really helps. Mm -hmm. I, I think people are becoming aware in a digitized world mm -hmm. these days more and more about how that's important in their mm -hmm. lives. So, speaking of lives, you both are wonderfully talented, but more importantly, you're both strong, independent women. Role models early in your life that showed you the way to be strong and independent woman in this world? I think I, I have a strong and independent uh, mother mm -hmm. who taught me from very early on that uh, it's good to become a strong and independent woman. You can do 
you can you can do whatever you like. Um, I don't have really have any role models today. No. None. No. Maybe it would be good to have some. Maybe you are one. That would be nice. I admire people that are able to be nice and do what they like to do and help other people and bring something enjoy or thing into life and there's a lot of people like them to do that I mean it's a, maybe a, it's a group of role models for me mm -hmm. and it, I don't I don't know sure if I have a role model that's female or you told a story before we started <laughs> So, I'm going to bring that back. You told the story about your mom, your mother telling you about the boundaries. Why don't you repeat that story for, for our yeah, listeners? Yeah, yeah. yeah, my mother, she's nice. She wanted her two children, me and my brother, to be independent. Loved and independent, I think. So, she, she said that she wanted to teach her, us the rules, so, and also that we could break the rules, so we should break the rules. So... For example, around the table, I was taught how to use the different cutlery, like from lobster forks to knife number five from the right or whatever. Uh, so I was able to be to break them. Um, and also, she told me that I could change the world or or uh, be able to do everything I wanted if I set my mind to it. I, I would be able to do it. And um, I think she's part of our fan club today. She believes in us. She believes even more in Tonya than me, but that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny thing. My father as well. But that's, a but that's a beautiful gift. Yeah. Here, are the, here are the rules, here are the boundaries. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm telling you that mm -hmm. so you know when you break them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and he, when to break them. Yeah. And that, that uh, and it, it, I think also she wanted us to be prepared that if you break them, you will have reactions. But if you don't know, if, if you will be unprepared for these reactions, if you don't know there are any boundaries or any rules. So if you know the rules you, and you break them, you are prepared. You know it with... Uh, the, one, the one thing that I would say in my time knowing odd standard, one of the, mm -hmm. rule, one of the words I would use to describe you are rule breakers. Hmm. I like that. And, and I think that is, um, that is part of the magic mm. that comes from Odd Standard, mm. for me, is to see rules broken in a way that is fun, mm. that is whimsical, mm. in ways that I might not have thought of. Hold me. Mm. And, I, and that's just, a, uh, just an outsider. I'm not mm. privy to the, ma the actual magic, mm. but you, you see things very, very differently, almost differently than almost anybody else I can think of in our industry. So... Thank your mother for me uh, when you see <laughs> her about teaching you how to break the rules. Uh, I think it's a, it's a good word, rule breakers. And I think, uh, I don't know which word I should add to it, but I think we know which rules to break at what time. Sure. We know who needs, who needs the very durable things and who needs less durable things. Uh, I think that's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good quality with many of the things we do. Mm. We, we know... We can give advice on which rules to break and which you should stick. So the odd is the rule-breaking part and the standard is the compliance no, part? No, there's. I can't give you an answer to that. Okay. <laughs> I know you're looking for it. I am you won't get it. it. I'm looking for it. No, no, no. Okay, we have young designers who may be listening. What would you tell them today if you're just getting started in design? I think that um, one of the, 
the worst thing about being a young designer straight out from university or college or so is that you, you think that if somebody is not into your idea or your product or uh, your concept or whatever, you think it's you have done something that's not that good. But what I've learned is it's a lot about timing. It's being on the right spot, talking to the right people at the right time. So one should not give up because it's if you are good, you are good, and then you. It's about like maybe you weren't talking with the right people, but at the wrong time. At the, so, don't give up, and be prepared for some struggle. And every day is not going to be a fun day, but you should try to make most. But of believe yeah. in yourself. Mm. Yeah, definitely believe in yourself. That's maybe the thing that. You get so easily put down by people saying, no, no, it's wrong, or now if it had been blue, it would have been good, or if it had been bigger or smaller, or if it had been more technical, or so. But sometimes it's just about the right timing, and, and of course, understanding, listening to other people of care, of course, you need to listen and... and yeah. yeah, I think, uh, I think it's good to remember that the product and the design of the product is just a very very small part mm -hmm. of the whole picture uh, that the the strategy of a company how the product is going to be sold all those things are equally important mm -hmm. for success you mentioned something about the chef playing a huge role in the in the success of products or not mm -hmm. how they view the products too mm -hmm. that that's also part mm -hmm. of it yeah mm -hmm. yeah now it might be this business or other business but but i think for for designers to at least understand that there are many other things uh, to, to take into consideration than just the product in itself. I think that makes you a better designer. Last question. 75 years from now, <laughs> maybe not quite that long, but that way down the road, how do you want Odd Standard to be remembered and how do you want people to think of you? It's a very good question. Way back in 2000, 14. When they still had cars. When they still had cars that were driven by real people. Mm -hmm. um, these two crazy, innovative, forward-thinking women started this company called Odd Standard. And it became what? Uh, I'm not sure. I still, I hope that Odd Standard still exists. So you don't have to think about it in like in past time. Um, but I think that maybe it's um, maybe we have le made things a little bit less serious and a little bit more open for for connection to the food, a connection to history, like the stories behind everything that we make, that the chefs makes, and so on. And maybe like we just talked about, like maybe we have broken some rules. Maybe we remember that oh, you know those that did things a little bit different from the rest. I would, I like to be, I would like to be remembered as somebody that did something in, uh, in a different way. A risk taker. Uh, yes, liked, but good risks, mm. nice risks. A calculated risk taker. <laughs> Anya? I, I'm not sure, I, I hope, I hope we've made some things that uh, you can laugh at even in seventy five years. <laughs> that are that are, are like the juniper. It's it's it it works very well. It, mm -hmm. it plays a very very good role on the table in a restaurant. But you can also laugh at it 
I hope sure. we can laugh at it in the, in, the, in the future as well. But I hope also we've made some, maybe a few classics that might even be in use 75 years from now. That would be fun. Yeah, I, I, hope, I hope we've somehow contributed to doing things a little differently. Yeah. Well, I think you certainly have so far. I think you will a lot more in the future. And I will tell you, this idea of emotionally connecting with food, mm -hmm. as the world gets faster and faster mm -hmm. and faster, and as we, quote-unquote, connect digitally with everything, everybody mm -hmm. all around the world, I think the return to what I think of as uh, comforting uh, situations around a table with family, friends, food and beverage, mm -hmm. to be able to connect emotionally. Mm -hmm. I think the products that I've seen so far from Odd Standard do that. And you're right. There is one of the, one of the words that you, you, you can't get very far into the conversation describing uh, Odd Standard uh, from my point of view without the word fun no. being woven all the mm -hmm. way through it. And I think you, you, you two see this world very differently and in a very good way. And you're stretching lots of rules. You're going, and there's no doubt you're going to have people that try to mimic you. Mm -hmm. um, my guess is uh, they can take their shot at copying products or making lookalike products, but they can't copy the fun and the DNA and the, and the thinking you have. So uh, I'm sure that Oddstander is going to keep developing crazy fun, emotional products for a long time. Yeah, hope so. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Today it's been great here, uh, learning a little bit more about what's behind all the products and the company itself. So I appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, Dave. Well, that's been the first episode of Talking Tabletop. Thanks for tuning in for our discussion with Odd Standard. 